Hello and welcome to the first ever DC United Kingdom live show. But if you're listening on your podcast play, obviously you listen to the podcast. I am your host, James Graham, and it is always great to be here doing these podcasts. And I am a little bit nervous about doing this live, so bear with me if I stumble a couple of times. Um, Alongside me this evening, I have got a guest with me. He is from the UK, and it's going to be nice to hear some British towns again, because... It never happens too often, so it's always a welcome change. Um, his name is Barney. He runs the UK NYCFC account. Um, say hello, Barney, and say give us a little bit of background about yourself. Good evening, James, and good evening, DC UK listeners. Um, yeah, as James said, I run the UK NYCFC uh, Instagram and Twitter accounts. Um, Pretty much followed NYCFC since day one of their inception, um, since the City Group and Yankees decided to announce a sort of mega idea of a team. Um, as soon as I saw players like David Villa, Frank Lampard being linked with the team, I, uh, I was interested you know a lot yeah. straight away um i always had already watched mls i'm a bit of a night owl so staying up for mls in the uk naturally being a night owl is the only football you can watch um when uh, i started to get into it i wanted to follow a team but i didn't know i couldn't i couldn't find myself linking with any team mm. i wanted i wanted there to be like say a link with a uk club or something like that and it was yeah. around that time that the city group decided yep yeah, new york is our next base um, my brother-in-law is a Man City fan and took me to my first ever Premier League game as Man City versus Charlton in about 2005. Oh, wow. So that was my tenuous link to why I support New York City FC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not as bad as uh, Henry's uh, tenuous link to uh, support mm. Atlanta United, is it? Yeah, of course. Uh, a change in an airport when he hasn't even been outside <laughs> of Atlanta airport onto Atlanta territory is, uh, yeah, that's, that's shady at best. <laughs> but hey, uh, we all have these tenuous links. Um, but as I've just mentioned, Henry, um, he does the MLS UK show um, and they are the show sponsors. Um, so sorry about this, uh, Barney. I've got to do the, uh, the sponsorship part of it. Um, go and head over to their Twitter page, their Facebook page, their Instagram page. It's all MLS UK show. Um, they're currently doing a isolation interview series at the moment. So their first one was done with um, a New York Red Bulls player. And this one that they've just released is with an Atlanta United player. And he is an Englishman, so a British guy abroad. So go and head over to your podcast app, Search MLS UK Show, and give them a listen to. Um, so yeah, Barney, how are you coping with uh, COVID-19 and lockdown over here in the UK? It's not been too bad. Um, I could have it worse. Um, I live with my... Uh, partner and her three kids so yeah. some could call that a challenge but <laughs> do you know what on the whole we've no one's killed each other um how many rounds you know, have you had do you know what we we probably only today had our first vague kind of disagreement um and it was over the most menial thing to do with the kids so <laughs> um you know what on the whole i think yeah for three or four weeks that we've been set you know stuck in the same house together it's not been too bad um i've had to pop out a couple of times for work anyway mm. um and i've done most of the shopping whilst we've been on lockdown so i guess i've not felt so bad because i've managed to get out of the house two or three times a week anyway so yeah yeah it's not not been too bad work's been a challenge um, yeah. because i don't have too much work set 
um, but I am being expected to work from home, despite the fact that I work in retail. And there's a funny little story about that, isn't there? The fact that uh, we both work for the same company. Yep, complete coincidence. Um, when Elliot and Henry decided to put together sort of an MLS UK community, and we all kind of got to know each other, it was like, oh, how bizarre. Uh, <laughs> myself and James work both work for the same mobile telecommunications company in the UK. Um, which, yeah, like I say, complete coincidence, but uh, interesting in that we have more than just MLS UK in common. <laughs> oh, no, it is just mental. I mean, I literally, as soon as I saw that, not to sound like a stalker, um, as soon as I heard that you worked at O2, I was like, right, let's get on uh, work chat, um, which is Facebook for work. It's like, right, drop him a message and just say hello. And that was, <laughs> that was bizarre, absolutely yep. bizarre. I just remember telling the guys in our store about it, and they were just like, what? They couldn't mm. believe it, so... Probably one of the few times my work colleagues that are into football didn't mock me for following MLS. Actual sort of shock and intrigue, just like the small world syndrome of what are the chances and all that. Oh, no, tell me about it. It's just uh, the amount of times I still get told that uh, MLS is a retirement league. And I'm like, we've got to get rid of that stigma, haven't we? Yeah. It's funny when I talk to my friends about it in a group, they'll they'll all mock me. But when it's one on one, they'll be like, "Oh, I saw that thing that you know from so and so," or "Oh, did you see the atmosphere when LAFC scored?" Things like that. You know, they'll happily mention that to me. Yeah. But not when there's a group of us. When there's a group of us, it's <laughs> what do you watch MLS for? You might as well watch Turkish football or something like that. You know. Uh, I mean, to be honest, if Turkish football was on, I'd happily watch it right now. <laughs> well, Have I've you... been watching the Belarusian football oh. on the. Uh, Bet365. <laughs> it is awful, isn't it? That makes me happy to be a Pompey fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, you obviously you just mentioned that you support Port, uh, you support Portsmouth. Um, yeah. Why? Okay, so um, my family are actually from this area originally, as much as I'm not from this area. Yeah. Um, but I decided to come here in 2006 for university okay. and I never left that. And so because I had my only Premier League experience before moving to Portsmouth was the Man City game I mentioned a moment ago. Mm. Um, so as soon as I moved here, I was like, right, I've got Premier League here because Portsmouth were in the Premier League at the time. Um, let's, you know, get some tickets, go down to the old game. I fell in love straight away. Yeah. Um, I always remember my dad saying to me, even though my dad's not into football, I remember him saying things like play up Pompey whenever <laughs> Portsmouth were on match of the day uh, when I watched it as a kid or stuff like that. So, um, yeah, naturally coming down here. I think most Portsmouth fans, yes, you could say it's um, rose-tinted lenses of your own club and all that kind of thing. But I think a lot of even non- non-Pompey fans will admit Portsmouth fans, especially their away fans, the atmosphere they create, the noise, the loyal following is... Um, almost one of a kind, so yeah, it's um it's infectious once you start going. And you got to quite a few of the away games as well. I've uh, noticed off on your Instagram because you you actually met up with um Henry at uh, Bolton Wanderers, didn't you? I did, yep. So yeah, I do try and go to a few away games. Um, I reckon I probably in the last two years have been to like half of the away games, which I'm a season ticket holder as well. So it's like what seventy five percent of Pompey's games I go to. Um. But yeah, I uh, went to Pompey away in Bolton in January, I believe that was. Um, and yeah, I've just met up for a quick 10, 15 minute chat with Henry. Um, none of us had ever really met in the MLS UK community as much as we've chatted online for a couple of years. But yeah. um, it was nice just to say hello, seeing as we were going to be within a few metres of each other 
in the stadium or yeah. be at different ends of the stadium <laughs> but um yeah it was nice to say hello and uh first time meeting all that kind of stuff yeah um i mean my question to you is have you been to the riverside stadium i haven't i haven't um one of my um current team members in my shop um who yes he's one of my staff but equally we've become good mates um Mm. through love of football he is a massive middlesbrough fan Um, i've now been to a middlesbrough game with him we went to uh middlesbrough versus spurs at the new spurs stadium in the fa cup replay ah good game um it wasn't too bad i don't remember much of it if i'm brutally honest were you did you have Um, too many beers I had a couple of beverages. Um, <laughs> they're northern, yeah, and I was with his family. So, yeah. and I'm I'm definitely southern. So yes. my beer consumption <laughs> rate my, is not as good as theirs. Um, we know how to again, drink up north. Yeah, respectfully to them, they are a big family. <laughs> so they've got plenty to soak it up. Whereas I'm only five foot five and a bit. So oh. uh, there's not as much of me to soak up the beer. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, um, if you ever get the chance to, uh, which is probably going to be next season, because uh, looking at it, if the season resumes, Middlesbrough will probably get relegated anyway. I don't know how how yep. Portsmouth doing in League One at the moment. So we're in the playoffs at the moment. Um, so there is a chance we could bypass each other. Yeah. But uh, whether it be we miss out on promotion and you get relegated or we go up and you somehow survive, yeah, we've, uh, my friend... Uh, we've said that we uh, would 100% have to do Pompey away up there um, and uh, get that one ticked off. Because we did Sunderland last season. Yeah. Um, we drove. I drove to Sunderland and back from the south coast in a day. Ouch. Which about, about, what, was it 800, 900 miles? I can't remember, one of the two. Um, so, yeah, that was a tough old day. Left at 8 in the morning and got back at 4 a.m. the next day. Oh, that was good fun. That is insane. <laughs> that is insane. Um, let's chat about England. Let's talk about MLS. Um, so obviously, uh, NYCFC had a pretty good season last season. If it's fair to say, I think. Yep. Um, is that for you the best season that you guys have had on record? Then. Yeah, I can't help but think when you look at it on paper, hmm. um, it was definitely the best season we've had so far as a club yeah i think um there is absolutely no doubt though that every fan when you look at it just that one season though will feel disappointed with how it ended yeah um it felt like the playoff loss to toronto was an absolute um damp squib of an occasion we mm. uh it just seemed like half the players didn't turn up we maybe only played decent football for 15 to 20 minutes in the second half Mm. the rest of the time the players looked tired um almost like they needed a warm-up game before but even though they only (laughs) they played they played uh philadelphia union was it if i remember rightly i'm trying to get my fixtures right um in the previous round like a week before but right it was uh it wasn't a great game um i was there i've managed to fly over for that game yeah um, and the occasion was phenomenal and is the first time I've gone over since I've had the Twitter account set up. So um managed to meet a fair few people who I'd met online um, and the welcome I got from a fair few was phenomenal. I had my sort of almost now trademark bright orange Pompey top on, on top <laughs> of my New York top on the way out as a, 
as it had got quite cold late in the evening. I think it was about 10 p.m. by the time the game finished. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I probably had more people recognize me with that top on than I did um, with a, just a normal New York top on. Because I guess I stood out and I had like three Latino Mexican type guys come up to me like, hey, hey it's, the, it's the Portsmouth guy that runs the UK account. Like, wow. You know, um, that was kind of cool because it shows that, you know, people are recognizing my account. It's only got like 300 followers, but mm. um, the amount of interaction that we get and I've had, you know, a few people contact me to, to leak a few bits of stadium information in the past. So it's, it's quite nice that um, that interaction gets recognized and so on. But yeah. back to the season, as you asked, yeah, it did. It felt like a great season, but definitely that last game was, um, it felt like a, a sour end to the season. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I know about uh, sour ends at the moment uh, with DC United right now. It's last season wasn't a great one. Let's put it that way. Um, but 2018 for us was fantastic. That end to this end to the season when we opened up Audi Field and went on that streak right at the end. That yeah, was that was ap- insane. That was something else, and I was, I was glad I was able to get out there for 2018. I was and get out there for 2019 as well. Um, mm. I think you probably agree with me. The support and the atmosphere in MLS, there's nothing like it, is there? It's. Um, it, it took me by surprise. When I, I went over in 2018, um, I managed to get to a game at Yankee Stadium. It wasn't just any game. It was the Derby as well against yeah. the New Jersey Energy Drink Company. Um, <laughs> uh, I also then, four days later, managed to see uh, uh, Orlando versus Atlanta in Orlando. Um, and I, you know, I give a massive credit to the uh, the Lions or whatever they call themselves. Yeah. Um, the the standing section that they have, the wall as they know it. Oh, yes. what 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 an atmosphere! Absolutely phenomenal. It's an advertisement to any team around the world who wants to try and get sta- a standing section done right. Yeah. Um, the atmosphere, the way the fans. Um, sing together but they're they're allowed to drink in the stands but it's all friendly um it just makes it feel so much more of an experience whereas i feel like british football especially seems so pardon the pun locked down um (laughs) you know it feels like there's a lot missing from british football right now that um you know the days have passed unfortunately is what's put those restrictions on it and because we had such things like hillsborough yeah it means that British fans seem to be the ones that have been not necessarily penalised, but certainly maybe missing out. And MLS is a prime example of how uh, the stadiums have been built in yeah. such a way that they entice that that experience and that uh, energy amongst the fans. It's again speaking from experience going to Audi Field, there isn't a bad seat in the house. I've sat at two different ends um, each time that I've been, so I sat in kind of just the normal um general supporters section um just where wherever you can go um and that was that was nice it was good it was nice and chill a um, couple of beers in the stand which is just unheard of mm. over here it's i mean for anyone who's listening um in the uk um we don't get to drink in the stands and i feel like we miss out on that unless you go to a rugby game and then that's absolutely fine you can go and have whatever you want um but in the States, it was just absolutely brilliant. And then last year when I went, I was in the, the um, proper support section. So I was with the Screaming Eagles. And, oh, the atmosphere was just absolutely electric. I've, it just makes you 
the hairs on on your arms just stand up and it's just it's just fantastic and if anyone who's out there and you're listening just get out there and just have a have a good time and go to an MLS game because there is nothing like it um so speaking of stadiums how's it going for New York City FC <laughs> I had a feeling this would always be a topic of conversation <laughs> on a non-NYCFC podcast. Um, yeah, stadium news is not one NYCFC fans like talking about. Um, yeah, the, the, the off-season for NYC fans was tough because there was... It was over a month, I'll say nearly two mm. months, but I think that's more exaggerating because it, it was only just over a month, but of mostly radio silence from the club. Yeah. The Twitter account, the Instagram almost went mute. The only things that came out felt like things that had been retweeted by MLS centrally, mm. you know, post advertising, things like the sale on the MLS store.com, um, stuff, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. The stuff where you see that they're part of a franchise league setup that they don't have control over. Yeah. Um, there was stuff like that coming out and that was it. Um, so for fans to get literally nothing from the club during a time when the club has nothing going on, so that's prime time to surely get involved with stadium progression and such. Um, yes, you know there'll be certain members of the back office uh, or front office, whichever way around you say it, doing transfer business. Mm. But I mean, we only bought what two players in the in the summer in the or winter, I should say. Um, <laughs> Is that it? So. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, you know, as I said on MLS UK with Elliot and Henry, it's we almost didn't need. I didn't feel like we needed to to fill many gaps because we didn't lose any players either. Right. Um, yeah. Um, there was a couple. There was technically more than two because we did buy Keaton Parks from Benfica. Keaton Parks was only on loan last season, whereas so he was brought in permanently over the yeah. winter break. Um, that's a great signing by the way oh phenomenal yeah phenomenal especially for the USA as well because he's he's got a lot of prospect about him he's very young still I want to say he's 22 maybe 23 tops could be completely wrong with that but um, I'm uh, I'm on the Google (laughs) (laughs) but uh, he's definitely the kind of player that if you're if you're wanting that a, t- a player he reminds me of is Patrick Vieira. Mm. He's that kind of holding midfielder who doesn't mind being past the ball in a tight situation. It looks amazingly calm for a big lanky player. Um, yeah, definitely a Vieira, Abu Dhabi kind of player. Um, so yeah, getting him permanent was, I feel a massively big piece of business because as soon as the season ended all the kind of journos who have links with the club were saying yep yeah, no he's gone yeah. the deal was 100% only for a year um, he's part of Benfica's future plans but I don't know maybe they didn't see enough in him maybe we saw more in him than they did who knows doesn't matter we've got him um, and I think that's the good bit of business that we did so um, but going back to the stadium sorry I've gone on a tangent again the stadium um, is is tough um, because we just didn't, we didn't do, we, we've not made progress. Yeah. Um, there's been some leaks of plans coming out and then that speculation has been completely quashed by, um, without explaining the very long story, uh, people from that work in the area that, uh, where the stadium's meant to be built have said, no, this absolutely isn't happening. Um, these plans haven't even got through to, the boards that they need to get through to. So we're talking years before even a, a spade can be 
shoveled into the ground. Wow. Um, we're we're a long way away from anything. So by the sounds of our the way we've set up our Champions League home games, it sounds like we've more or less been forced to do a deal with um, the energy drink company to host our games in New Jersey for at least three years if we qualify for the Champions League. Ouch. So um, I think the, the expectation is that we would, if we qualify again, we would have to somehow do a deal to get Yankee Stadium open early. Yeah. Um, just to give a quick insight into that. So Yankee Stadium can't be used until the end of March. So every season we, we play pretty much our first two or three games away. Yeah. Because it's too cold for Yankee Stadium almost to operate. What? Um, the baseball season doesn't begin till April. So Sorry, therefore, it's too cold. Well, if you've been to New York or the North in March, you'll well, see, you would know. <laughs> well, to be fair, I was in New York uh, beginning of April last year. It wasn't that cold. I, I mean, I am a Northerner, okay. so <laughs> there is that side of things. But well, the, 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 I think the bigger part is more that the baseball season doesn't begin until April. Yeah. So therefore, Yankee Stadium isn't open. Um, yeah. So without New York City paying Yankee Stadium to be open early. Um, and because Champions League happens as early as end of February, it would mean a lot of extra operating costs that mm. it's basically cheaper to effectively rent another building that is open, like Red Bull Arena. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I saw the news about the Red Bull Arena um, and you guys playing in it, I was just like, my, my jaw genuinely dropped out. You could not believe it. And I can yep. imagine the, the fan outrage was that must have been really high. It was crazy how much uh, infighting there was between fans. Um, you know, I, I I got into quite a, a Twitter spat with a few fans that ended up with the the Viking Army, which is uh, the Red Bull uh, New York team's mm. um, official fan group. It's like the equivalent of the third rail for NYCFC. Yeah. Um, even they retweeted one of my screenshotted posts that I deleted. What? Because of the fact that I suggested that NYC fans sticker the stadium. Um, stickering is a term used by fans all around the world. Yes. Where if you're on an away day, you take stickers of your club or your fan group and you sticker, say, a toilet or a lamppost. It's, it's fan culture. It's done around the world. Every stadium, even in America that I've been to, I've seen stickers everywhere. Yeah. It's just part of culture. But there was an odd few fans who took offence that I was um, suggesting, you know, vandalism and oh. graffitiing. It got it got taken way out of context, um, you know, because I, I the term I used was sticker the hell out of the stadium. I mean, right. I can get where they're taking it out of context, but yes. come on, it's it's a thing. It's a thing of football culture for years and years and years, decades even. I but, mean, were, uh, they, were they genuinely expecting to see the full stadium covered in stickers? I, I God knows, God knows. But I, they even the, the the tweet that was sent out by the Viking Army uh, had my name, my my personal and my UK and YCFC account mentioned. They even mentioned like the Red Bull Arena. The, the head of security at the arena, like, oh. I guess in case I turned up to try and bar me what? or something. Ludicrous, ludicrous, hilarious. But I was like, ooh, the opposition hate me. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> that, was my, that was my only thought was, you know what, I've, I've rubbed up the rival, so bring it on, you know. I mean, to um, be fair, from a DC United supporter, great work. 
yeah i i just thought it was funny um you know i would never ever get involved in any kind of actual fighting or you know stupid old school hooliganism that's ridiculous that's yeah. not for me but um something as as light-hearted as a, a shoving a sticker on a lamppost just to say we were here is you know i thought was harmless good fun that was taken way out of context but yeah. um that was the kind of and that and, but there was nycfc fans that was my original point there was nycfc fans arguing against me saying no this is wrong look at the image you're portraying i was like what are you kidding me what like uh, like uh, this was the kind of infighting that announcing that we were going to be playing in our rival stadium was causing that fans were just you know going off on one about protecting the brand of the club and this and that I'm like our club is six years old we've barely got a brand if we can't even have our own stadium we're playing in our rival stadium for an, for a home game. Yeah, it's that's yeah. Don't don't get me started on brand and um, <laughs> so on. And how? Another thing that just popped into my head is obviously one of your former legends, uh, David Villa, has his own football club now, doesn't he? He does indeed. Yes, he's got a stadium. Well, they have a park. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yes, David Villa has set up a USL team, which will probably start in 2021, maybe 2022. I believe 2021 is the goal. Mm. Um, They will probably play in USL 2, if that's that's a thing, right? USL 2? I think so. Yeah, I'm sure there's like a USL 1 and 2 or something like that. USL Championship, USL League 1, yeah, yeah. it's a bit like the EFL. Something like that. Anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm, um, they're called Queensboro FC. So they're going to be playing in Queens, uh, New York, which is one of the five boroughs. So um, they will be the first New York team, realistically, since the Cosmos to have their own te- their own ground. Yeah. Um, so they've even beaten New York City to have their own ground. But like I say, they are, they are going to be playing you know, right on the edge of the five boroughs. Mm. Um, so, yeah, credit to him, you know. I'm I'm, so, I'm slightly shocked, but equally, I suppose it shows the the, the value in New York that, yeah. that Villa has seen. You know, technically, yes, there is already two big teams in um, the Red Bulls and NYCFC in the New York greater area, but they've seen enough that there's room for a third. You know, obviously Cosmos will argue they're in there as well, but... Yeah. Um, if anyone could tell me what league they play in exactly, you, you know, you would, you, would, you can't really uh, mention them anymore. I think they're in yeah, the I think NASL, I think, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, you're right. Uh, that's, uh, but, again, um, yeah. I'm on the Google. It's um, amazing that, again, David Villa has seen that there's potential for even more in New York. I just think it's brilliant because, let's say, it kicks off really well, they manage to build their own stadium, then who's to say in five, ten years they aren't an MLS team as well? Yeah. And we have, you know... A real New York derby in NYCFC versus Queens Queensboro FC. Yeah, I mean, it could it could happen, and it's it's nice to see more and more. I'm going to say soccer happening in the US, um, and it's great to see how much it's becoming bigger over there because it is such a great sport, and it is the one true football. Um, sorry for any NFL fans out there, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. It's fantastic to see. Um, I just, in the current climate for MLS, I mean, obviously we've got quite a lot of teams right now, um, and this is going to be quite 
a big debate, and I know there's a lot of people who are for and against it. Um, promotion relegation, would you want to see it in MLS? So, yes. I mean, I, I am a... Um, if football is done the traditional way, then, yeah, I absolutely think that relegation and promotion should be a thing that exists. Um, I, I do, however ever so slightly lean towards the MLS way of thinking or the Don Garber way of thinking in that it doesn't it wouldn't work with MLS not with a franchise setup and not when you've only got 32 teams or whatever it will be in mm. a couple of years um, if you had 40 or 50 maybe but even then you've got to rely on enough teams being stronger across the country and not just in one conference or whatever so that there could be say a 15-team top tier, and then a, maybe two, like a West and an East yeah. uh, tier two kind of thing. Not too dissimilar to how the National League, which is like, what, the fifth and sixth tiers of English football. Yeah. So you have the National League uh, conference, and then below that you have the North and South National League. Um, you could see how that could be, how MLS could work in it. But uh, no, I, I actually... I, I don't think with the small amount of clubs that the MLS has, um, unless you were to somehow include the USL into it, which because of the franchise setup, it just wouldn't, it couldn't work. Mm. Um, it's I I would love to see it, and I think I'm, I'm on the same page as you, where I would love to see it um, interconference. So I would want to see, I would keep it the Eastern and Western Conference as it is right now. And I would have it where you could go and have promotion relegation through a playoff structure again. So not too dissimilar to what we've got now, but in an interconference kind of way. So I think there's ways it can be done. Um, the thing that keeps cropping up with um, people who I speak to about it is the f fact that you've got the MLS fees and fans and owners wouldn't want to see their clubs going under as such where they've spent i think how much did nashville put in i think it was like 200 million dollars or something like that great crazy money yeah i, yeah. I wouldn't be able to begin to be able to quote you <laughs> it's just that uh, I, I i totally understand where they wouldn't want to see 200 million dollars to start um in mls and then the next season they're relegated and they're playing against bit part teams who were pulling in crowds of 2000 or whatever it's I can understand that part of it but you've got to have the drama um, and the fight and something to play for, for throughout the season wherever you sit in the table I think yeah I think it's a tough one like you said because there is just so much potential for more drama and everything that comes with promotion and relegation but um yeah, I'd, I'd love I, I, I love the US Open Cup for that. Um, I'm a big cup fan of, mm. of cup football anyway. I love the FA Cup, the League Cup, all of the cups that Pompey now have to play in being a third-tier team. Um, it's I think that's it. It's almost... It's in the DNA of football that you have a league and a cup set up. Mm. Um, so, you know, at least the MLS clubs get to play against some of these um, other teams... Uh, like when you see like teams like New Mexico United last season coming oh. that, are, that have only existed for a year, getting to where they got, um, 
their their following already looks phenomenal and uh, i hope their rise continues and they get more yeah. and more fans and perhaps grow big enough to be an mls team too again but um yeah it's it's one you could you could debate all day you yeah, could absolutely, absolutely debate all day i just think there needs to be a lot more teams before it can be even something that even don garber i mean it's him that you've got to convince he's yeah he's boss man um and he outright has said nope i think someone quote i asked him last year if mls had 40 teams in five years time would you start to think about relegation and he straight away said no so it's like is it is it even worth a debate if, we, if, he's, <laughs> if he's been that blunt on it well yeah that's it it's but it's I think it's a worthy debate to keep on having because things change. Yeah. And you look at what's what's happening at the moment. Um, obviously, I want to talk about the fact that we're in mid-April. We've only had two games of the season. We've got to have 34 regular season games by the end of October. Are we going to get it? Do you think we'll actually finish this season? My gut feeling is yes. Um, I think, if anything, a calendar like we have in MLS is probably... There's more of a chance of the season being finished because we've got more of the year to go. Um, I could see things like the playoff setup being completely changed. Mm. Um, Maybe, uh, you know, even, say, things like the US Open Cup perhaps being postponed for this year i mean it makes sense for certain competitions to kind of almost give way if that makes sense yeah um you know like just switching back to england for a moment like i know that say there was speculation like portsmouth are meant to be playing at wembley a couple of weeks ago in the third and fourth tier cup for english teams um but there's now speculation that that game won't possibly get played until as like a season opener. So like the community shield happens here in the UK. That's basically that's between the winner of the FA cup and the premier league that they'll, they'll use the um, football league trophy as like a similar kind of thing. They'll use it as like a, a season opener whenever the the next season does begin. Um, So, you know, it's a competition that doesn't mean a mean a lot um, in, in the one in England. I mean, whereas the U S open cup, yes, I know the winner gets the champions league berth, but, could you just, you know, move that to the league for just one year and, you know, allow that to be postponed? Like, say, things like the Euros have been postponed and the Olympics have been postponed. Yeah. What's what's the harm in just putting that aside for one year? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think if we're going to resume the season, so say it does happen, um, which I think they're quoting... It's June now, if I remember rightly. June 8th, I think yeah. I saw that is the post today, yeah. Yeah. Um... I think what'll happen is they'll play against obviously the same conference teams, but I don't think they'll play opposite conference. That's an idea. That's that's a, certainly something that could happen. You could see, yep, and then like just maybe cross conference playoffs or something like that. Yeah, at the um, end of the season. Yeah, just literally complete, do it as we would see it normally. But um, the fact that we wouldn't play LAFC or anyone like that, um, and then. If you win your Eastern Conference final, then you play the Western Conference winners, and you have you still have your MLS Cup winners. So there's still that something to play for, and you've got a lot less games to play as well and complete. So for me, that would be yeah. how I would do it. One way of doing it, yeah, you're right. Um, 
I would also drop the Leagues Cup as well for this year. Oh, totally, yeah. Th- those those little sub-competitions that, again, with respect to the competitions, whether you're going to take them seriously or not, they're very, very new. That and the the, the one-off Campione's Cup match, they, they can totally be postponed for a, for a year. Yeah, it's... Ugh. I don't understand why that tournament started. I, I, I saw it and I was like, mm, I can't see this really taking off. But the way they've done it for this year... I kind of like it, and I think if they continue that way, it's it's basically like a UEFA Cup, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, effectively, it's because it's most teams not in the Champions League. Am I right in saying? Yeah, there's no there's no one in the champ from the Champions League in it, is there? So yeah, it's... it gives them a, an opportunity to play more teams, different teams, more experience, and so on. Yeah, so I would I would like to see it still happen. Now um, I'm kind of over my initial. Um, how am I going to put it? Oh, I'm trying to think of the words. This is awful when you're live and you can't think of the word. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? I, I'm over my initial mishaps over it. Ah, that, that, that's not the right word, but so, I, yeah, so you get what I mean. There's, um, you almost, <laughs> I think where I'm at with football and missing it, that I don't care how it comes back. I just want it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, I don't it's... care what, what way they bring it back. I don't care what suffers. Just bring me back football. <laughs> Honestly, this is just... How long has it been now? It's been a month and a half uh, or something? Yeah. Um, I think. Or just over a month not now? Just, uh, just about a month. MLS kicked off early March, didn't it? So um, it, can't, it can't be much more than a month, yeah. Yeah. Um, just a quick uh, message just dropped in. Hey, Aaron, how are you doing? Um Nice to see you dropping in a comment there. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I, I just need football back. I think we all... <laughs> I, to be honest, I just need sport back. Yeah. I, just any kind of sport. I mean, I... For you listeners out there, um, I like any kind of sport, whether it is cricket. Um, I'm not such a big fan of tennis. I don't mind it. I will watch it if it's there, if there's not much else on. Winter Olympics, I absolutely... I love um, bobsledding. Bob I, I love watching that and the ski jumping. But, yeah, just literally throw any sport on and <laughs> I'll happily watch it. Um, I've literally lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> here we go. So, back to um, lockdown stuff. What kind of things have you been catching up with on Netflix then? <laughs> well, being a Portsmouth fan, I've naturally had to watch Sunderland Till I Die Season 2 <laughs> um, because of the big feature Portsmouth has in Episode 5. Yes. Um, Portsmouth played Sunderland last season at Wembley. Uh, I won't spoil the result, but it was a great day for Portsmouth fans. <laughs> <coughs> um, so uh, that was pretty phenomenal to be a part of. But yeah, the, the Sunderland Till I Die, uh, uh, whatever team you're a fan of, whatever part of the world you're from it's uh, an amazing insight into how a non-top tier club suffers uh, and strives financially to 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 live and to carry on you know you, they've mm. they've been they're, they're te- trying to go through their <clears throat> second takeover in a matter of two or three years yeah um but the current owner can't seem to seem to get the, the right buyer by the looks of it but um it's it's a phenomenal watch, really interesting, like I say, to see how the insides work and the struggles they go through. So, and but equally, it's just like any business now; it is looked at as more more of a business than a than a community asset. Um, 
but uh, yeah Sunderland Solo is a big one I've just finished watching Tiger King which I'm yep. sure just about most of the world has watched by now <laughs> if you haven't what are you doing with your life go watch it yeah I mean if it's you haven't phenomenal. that's Carol yeah. Baskin's fault isn't it yeah oh absolutely yeah <laughs> absolutely if you haven't been walking around uh, going it's Carol Baskin like the TikTok <laughs> song then you know you've not lived during during lockdown who'd have thought the the big talking point would be lockdown and Tiger King. Yeah. Who'd have thought uh, that? Yeah. Um, anything else? Anything else you've been watching? Well, I, ha- I haven't watched it during isolation, but I hadn't that long. I hadn't long finished it before uh, isolation and lockdown happened, which would be the, uh, what's it called? Um, Man in the High Castle on Amazon. Uh, I started it, is, but I've not finished it. Uh, again, the same with all these kind of, multi-season dramas it's it's a, it's a long it's, it takes you a while to get into it but it gets better and better i felt the way the whole way through um the long story short is it kind of tells a story of a what would have happened if the nazis and the japanese had won world war Two. Mm. um you have america split into two on the east coast is the nazis in control and on the west coast is the japanese yeah um however they some people discover there's some sort of parallel universe that was the only bit i don't do because i don't do sci-fi i'm not a big sci-fi person at all so parallel universe kind of stuff nearly made me lose interest but it's just about got a good enough storyline that it kept me uh hooked in um there's four seasons of it on amazon prime um and the main story is the uh rebels trying to overturn the Nazis and the Japanese hold on America and trying to get their America back. So yeah, it's worth a watch. Takes many, many twists that you don't expect, which again with a good program is the way to keep you engrossed. So yeah, Yeah. go watch that if you haven't seen it. It's very good. I'm going to ask this because I know someone who is uh, currently watching, he's dropped a comment, Stu Cotton, football now, please. Thank you. Um, Have you tossed a coin to your Witcher? Have I what now? Right. Um, have you watched? Have you have you watched The Witcher? I haven't. No. Oh no. So there's there's a, so- a song that's been going that was going around back when it was on, um, which is called Toss a Coin to Your Witcher, um, and you need to watch it. It's, it's such a great program. Um, absolutely adore it. Um, we started watching it again, me and my wife, um, which is kind of tricky watching stuff now when we've got a baby <laughs> that's been a bit tricky um so th- we've been watching short episodes of stuff so things like uh, uh brooklyn 99 that's sure. that's been that's been since since the little lad was born back in early march we've watched we're on to the fourth season now so we've, okay. kind, of, we've kind of bushed through that um oh oh just a little sorry just a drop comments just dropped in uh aaron 06 um who is the underscore bronx blues from instagram um i'm guessing that's uh a new york city fc fan then it is i'm um, part of just a little group of nycfc fans that i got recently invited into on instagram so i dropped them the link to the chat yeah. to the video just to have a few more people listening in see if they oh. anyone liked our live chat nice <laughs> um he's just said keaton parks follows him there well done for them well well done Aaron that's pretty that's pretty impressive I'm just trying to think if I actually got any players following me over on Instagram 
don't think so. I've had no one. I've had no one follow me. I've had a, f- a few retweets and uh, such like that, but no, yeah. nothing more than that. So, and the big the big thing is um, the the club DC United actually follows me on um, on uh, Twitter, um, and they actually share quite a lot of stuff. So I absolutely adore DC United for doing that. They've been fantastic um, supporting me and what we're doing here. Um, yeah. Cheers, Aaron, for liking the stream. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, DC United are fantastic. They've been great with me. They love what we're doing um, here, and long may that continue. Um, yeah, credit to them, and but also credit to yourself for what you've done for DC and uh, MLS in the UK, because no, no, no. in order for the club to have fed you the players they have and so on, that shows that um, what you're doing is recognised and, um, you know, any any club that's uh, you know a growing business like the MLS clubs mm. are will appreciate the effort you're putting in. So, oh, last one. If if there was a, a webcam on me, I, you'd see me blushing right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. I think I, I haven't got much else to really say or talk about now. <laughs> Is there anything you want to throw my way? Do you know what? I think we've covered most of the things MLS UK wise. Um, I would have said similar things about uh, going over to the US and making sure you check out a team. You know, even if you're going on holiday to the US, but you're not near the team you support or you haven't picked a team yet, just go watch a game and realize how Americans do like soccer ball. Um, <laughs> they they they're, they're doing it and they're doing it well. Um, and I, I feel sort of bizarrely proud to be kind of a little UK representative of the of the US soccer scene. So it's um, yeah, it's good to chat about it and try and spread the love because yeah. there uh, there needs to be more of that. No, absolutely. And just a quick shout out to all the guys over at MLS UK. Um, go and search for it over on Twitter. It's hashtag MLS UK. Um, you'll see all the content that's been going out. So whether it's stuff from myself whether it's stuff from you, Barney, whether it's stuff from um, Taylor at Orlando City UK, who is listening in right now. Um, he's just messaged me saying he's listening in. Um, <laughs> and all the stuff that we're doing and the guys over the MLS UK show, it's we're just trying to show that MLS is a great league um, already. There's a lot of entertainment. Um, there's lots of goals. It's very unpredictable from game to game, season to season. There's not much you can put a bet on and actually get it right. Um, unless it's Carlos Vela becoming lead and goal scorer, then that's pretty much a given. Um, but yeah, it's a fantastic league. So if you haven't picked a team, pick DC United, um, obviously. Um, why else would you be listening in to this show? I mean, come on. Um, but if you don't want to pick DC United, that's fine. Just pick any MLS team. Um and so if you're listening not in the UK just go over and find us over at MLS UK um, hashtag and just follow us and just be a part of the community that's what we're about we want to build the community up so come and join in um, this thing pretty much the main thing I'm trying to say here at the end of the show I always get my guests to give themselves a little shout out of where they can follow and how they can follow you so where can people see your content so at the moment I am just on Twitter and Instagram uh, I don't use Instagram too much uh, mostly just follow the stories and uh, keep an eye on players and they're up 
there are you know things that they're getting up to in isolation um but my most of the time i'm over on twitter which is at uk nycfc so it's the uk then nycfc not the other way around like most of the others (laughs) (laughs) um cool well thanks barney for being on the show i do appreciate it um it's always great to get guests on and um i hope everyone out there you've enjoyed the live version um and if you're listening to a replay i hope you've enjoyed the show um if you're not following me, um, go over onto Twitter at DC United Kingdom. Um, on Facebook, you can like the page at DC United Kingdom FC, and it's the same over on Instagram as well. Um, there is a website, um, dcunitedkingdom.com, um, or you can actually hit dcunitedkingdom.co.uk now um, because we're searchable through that as well now. I bought the domain. Um, you can become a member. There's merchandise. There's loads of stuff on there. So give us a search. Give us a Drop the love, drop the likes, um, and until next time, vamos United!